0: Welcome to the RuPaul's Drag Race Recap Show for Season 6, Episode 9, titled Queens of Talk. My name is Joe Batanz and I am joined, as always, by one unsavory (laughs) co-host. From the podcast pod is my co-pilot. Please say... (laughs) (connection) To Taylor... The Latte Boy.
1: Is
2: that going to be a new thing? Because I kind of like that. (laughs) I think it's going to be a
0: new thing. Because
2: what I I started doing
0: this season was I started using a quote from that episode.
2: Uh And then I was like, why don't I just pull the quote? Yeah. Like I'm pulling clips. Why not just pull the quote? Well, last week's Michelle Visage, whatever it was that I listening to the episode again today, I started listening to last week's episode today driving around and it made me laugh out loud again, because I kind of forgot about it. So Uh
0: kudos to you. Thank you. Well, look, we've been doing the show for a number of years, and so I think we just keep... That's the thing, guys. We keep improving the show and improving the show and improving the show. Taylor, the Latte Boy, how are you? I'm fine. Um, but when you say doing the show for years, do you mean this season?
2: Have <laughs> we been doing this season
0: for years? <laughs> I know. You know what? We, we didn't realize they'd be coming back so soon for a new season for All-Stars 3, even if you're hearing this in the future. We are doing this in the fall of 2017, and it's going to butt right up against... Um, you know, all stuff we're gonna get a little break and then, but then, yes, because we'll nothing goes break.
2: on in the around here in November and December that would keep us occupied. I know, and I
0: know, so I'm sorry, I didn't realize. And also, we didn't know people were gonna be getting married and whatnot, and then also Thanksgiving and the Christmas. And but anyway, the point is, Taylor, what is up with you?
2: Nothing, nothing is up with me. I you need, to buy, glasses a, I need to buy a suit. I, well, okay, i because I'm going blind because I'm old and diabetic, so yeah, no, I have I wear my little cheaters. And I have finally come to the place where I feel like I have to wear them all the time when I'm reading anything or looking at a screen. Mm -hmm. So, But I found some, like, half frames. Mm -hmm. That's so, like, not gay to know what they're called. But, you know, the ones that, like, there's no frame on the bottom. And I like those more. But I don't
0: wear glasses. So I don't know what any of these terms mean. What I did used to get amused at lens crafters commercials because when they show people working in the extras in the lab in the back, they all mm-hmm. wore glasses. You know, <laughs> people, everyone wears glasses and lens crafters. Right. But let me ask you this question: what is your What are your thoughts on gray hair?
2: I love gray hair. I've actually oh, thought really? about um doing that with me, my hair, making doing. I want to get the stuff that you put in so it makes your hair look gray, more
0: you gray. Son of a I have. Why? Because because I'm getting, so, okay, so I was getting, like, little stray gray hairs here and there. Uh-huh. But you can't see them when my hair's short and when there's gel, okay? Right. And I was like, ugh, that looks gross, right? <laughs> but I don't want to dye my hair because I feel like it looks fake. It, well, I guess I was going to say it always looks fake, but I guess if it, for those people who dye and I can't tell, then I wouldn't know. How would you know? Yeah, how'd I know? But I have a little patch growing in, I think it's actually right here. I have a little patch, you probably can't see it. But I have a little tuft of white hair, like right here, I'm all I actually like the way it looks.
2: So you're gonna have like Bianca Del Rio during the black and white ball where you're gonna have the skunk tail? I wouldn't mind that. I wouldn't mind a distinguished grey streak. I think I think salt and pepper very mm-hmm. sexy. Salt and pepper is very sexy on a man. Of any age. I there's something about it that I really like.
0: My goatee already gets. That's why I don't grow my hair. My, my hair out. I, I get white tufts on my beard hair now.
2: Oh well, I'm. I mean, you can see mine. Mine's very white underneath. I, I definitely. But it makes you have, look very
0: professorial. Like that's what you. You want your therapist to have a beard with white tufts in it?
2: Yeah, I I, th- I do think. I, well, because now when I if I shave it down too much, or God forbid, all the way off, I look like Chester Molester. So I have to have some sort of facial hair because if not, just you can actually watch the the uh double chins all kind of bloop, 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 all kind of fall out and it's horrible no, so I'm this this kind of rating
0: my neck out
2: <laughs> it kind of frames the face and also you're right the it it gives me that sense of feeling like i look like i know something when in actuality i am totally making it up off the top of my head at any given moment with clients
0: <laughs> have you ever here's a, here's a good question maybe you don't want to answer this on the air Okay, but I was talking to uh, a friend of mine recently, and he started droning on about a story, and I, it was he was going on forever and ever and ever. And I realized when he was going on forever and ever and ever that I had stopped listening, and I didn't know what he was talking about
2: all the time. Oh, with your clients? Oh, I ha- I did it today. I actually did it today. At one point where I was listening to a person talk, and I realized. I zoned out for about 45 seconds. Hopefully they did not say anything very, very important. And I have talked to other counselors and social workers, and we all do it at some point. Now, let me ask you a different question.
0: With my therapist, I I haven't seen him in forever, right?
3: Mm-hmm. But
0: when I would go see him, I, it'd be like, I would meet him a once a month, once every <laughs> other month sort of schedule. And he... Would remember things, and I'm like, he has so many clients. How is he remembering this? He must take notes, right? And he reads the notes before I walk in.
2: Uh, I occasionally have situations where I have to refer back to notes. Oh, after you leave, I am assuming that yes, he writes in a chart. He writes all about you. He 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 writes about you in his in his uh diary i don't know but um yeah no for part of my grant is i have to show what we talked about during a visit so i write down notes and i mean depending on how important it is i will get specific or i tend i tend to write the same things kind of over and over again but i just modify it to the client mm-hmm. um but certain clients i will remember certain things when i see them which it's amazing how i will say that like i'll say well you i remember you went to a party last april Wait, that was the last time that you saw this guy, right? And they'll say, yes, how do you remember that? And which my response is always, I pay attention when you listen. I pay attention when you listen. I pay attention when you talk. So it's just kind of that. I would never, I would be bad at that because,
0: and I know it's not just notes because, you know, I recently, he also runs the group therapy that I I attend once a month, even though uh it's every week, I only attend once a month. And I went for the first time in years. He had a, he, I don't know if you've ever done this in your group. He had like an alumni night where he invited people who That's awesome, though. Yeah, he invited people who had been before, who'd gone for a stretch of time and hadn't been in a long time on this one particular night. So I went and I was talking and I would say, like, oh, blah, 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 blah. And he goes, oh, Mercedes? And I'd be like, yes, how do you, what? And then I go, blah, 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 blah. He goes, Jonathan? And I'm like, Yes. How do you remember Jonathan? <laughs>
2: it's been years. Yeah. we. Re- I remember – well, I mean, think about it. You are – th- a part of the role of a therapist is to help a person to feel comfortable talking about their emotions so they can process things. And even when it looks like we're not listening, we are listening. We're listening very intently. We're looking for themes. We're looking for patterns. So it makes sense during – during a period of sessions that eventually you're going to hear certain things and you're going to hear certain people talked about and you're going to hear interesting stories. I have clients that tell me interesting stories all the time that I just think, well, whether or not they were my client, that's a very cool story to hear about or a very sad story to hear about or a very scary story to hear about. So those things those things stick with us as Mm -hmm. as clinicians. Now, uh, whenever you watch the show, The Sopranos, (laughs)
0: <laughs> and Lorraine Bracco was giving uh, – was it good? Was it not good? Was, yes. Obviously, she crosses the line a lot.
2: Well, no. She she clearly crosses the line. Uh, actually, very rarely does she cross the line. Um, the one real scene that you see where she definitely crosses the line is the – episode. there's an episode called Employee of the Month. And mm-hmm. that's the one where she – I mean the show has been off for 10 years, but whatever. But she's she's raped – in a parking garage, and she she thinks about asking Tony because she knows what he does to to get the guy because she knows where the guy is. The guy is an employee of a month at a like a fast food place or something, so that's really the only time that I can remember anything with anything with therapists on t v or podcasts or anything like that whenever they have recordings or whenever they do performances. I am definitely somebody that is. Playing along, like where I am thinking, okay, if this person said this to me and I try to do it in a split second, what would I say to this person, you know, and try to see if I can kind of follow along with the therapist? I'm listening to a new podcast right now that you would probably like called uh, Where Do We Begin? And it's this old Belgian psychotherapist that has couples that she records the couples counseling session. And it's it's a three-hour session, but she whittles it down to like 45 minutes, and they are fascinating to listen to, not only as a therapist, but also just to listen to this couple talk about very intimate things. And there are times that you, you start listening to it, and you side with one person, and then you move to the other person, and you kind of go back and forth. Is it real or fake? No, it's real. It's real. She, she's apparently some well-known therapist. Uh, her name's uh, Esther Esther Perel? Esther Perel or something. Mm-hmm. But it's it's an audible podcast, but you can get, I think, the first three episodes on, I, I listen to it on podcasts But it's, it's really, really good. And do you agree with a lot with what she's doing? I, yes, I agree with, with a lot of it. And then there's times that I feel very stupid because I'm thinking to myself, I would have never thought to say that, you know, so I can't help but kind of judge myself against you know, but I do that all the time. I judge myself compared to what other people say all the time. That that's, but that's for me and my own therapist to talk about. Um, but I don't. There... I don't want to violate
0: anyone's privacy, so I'm going to be very vague here. I'm sorry, but when I was at the last group therapy session, mm-hmm. uh, there was someone in the room who had a problem, and we were dealing with it in the group therapy session. But it was like bowling me over. I don't know if I've ever spoken to you about this. Because it was literally almost word for word the same problem that two friends of mine have independent of each other. Okay. So I've, I've had two friends. And I, in my own life thought like that's weird that my two friends have the same problem. Right? hmm And then this third person now in the group therapy.
2: Is the problem you because you're the one thing that's the same as everyone. No, it's not. <laughs> And I know this annoying, Mexican comedian yeah, Mexican, podcaster.
0: All he does is pick on me. And anyway, um, so I was thinking that. But then the therapist was just spitting just wisdom. But in a way, not I wouldn't. I wouldn't use the word lazy. <laughs> what I would say in a way, I've said this a hundred times this month, and I'll say it a hundred times more. And that's how it's coming out. Like I've said this a million times. So it wasn't what? like he was like. And so I, I was wondering like. Do you feel you get better because you find yourself saying the same thing over and over again?
2: Yes. Even though we all think our problems are unique, are we all, for the most part, very similar? Well, yeah. And I mean, the best way that I can use that analogy is for 15 years prior to this current job, I worked as a counselor for hospice. So I did bereavement work, and while everybody deals with grief in a completely different way, everybody kind of deals with it in the same way. So a lot of what I would do was I would normalize emotions. So pretty much you could come to me and say you were angry because somebody died, and I would say that's very normal. You could say you were sad that somebody died. I'd say that's very normal. One that I would talk about with people and I would try to prepare them for was relief, that especially after somebody had been sick for a really, really long time, I would say, after this is over, you're going to take a moment where you're actually going to exhale. That is completely normal. You're not a horrible person. And I mean, it was just, it was this speech that I had that I would talk to with everybody and it worked 95% of the time. You know, where, or, or after it was over, I would say, So did you have the moment where you exhale? And they would go, Oh my God, I thought I was the only person that experienced that. It just kind of became par for the horse. Par for the horse? Par mm-hmm. for the course. I have definite tools that I use with the majority of my clients. I have certain questions that I know will prompt a response that I try very hard to not sound like I just like hit a button and it's just a recording coming out of my mouth. I try to apply it however the person is presenting their issue to me. But I, yes, I, I definitely have things that I – Say kind of not as a knee jerk reaction. And it's funny you're mentioning this because there's something that happens in this episode that I specifically wanted to talk about. Um, but yeah, that, that's I think that's normal for most therapists is you definitely have certain things that you kind of pull from that are that are at the top of the bag of tools that are easy to get to.
0: This week, Trinity desperately wants to win a challenge. Jocelyn worries she might leave next. The girls play hangman with members of the Scruff pit crew and each get a chance to host RuPaul's talk show. On the runway, the con- a show, by the way, no one ever watched.
2: <laughs> I watched it when I was on Did VH1. Really? A little bit. I, I was one of those that if it was a Saturday night and I was not out and I was flipping through channels, I would sit and I would watch it for a little bit. On the runway, the contestants find
0: their inner beast and don their best animal couture. Courtney Act won the challenge, while Adore, Jocelyn, and Trinity were in the bottom three. In the end, Adore and Trinity faced off in a lip sync battle for their lives. But in the end, Adore was told to stay, while Trinity was asked to sashay away. Taylor, named two things you liked about this episode, and one thing you did not.
2: (sighs) Okay, this was a tough one. Um I would say the two things that I liked about this episode were I liked the mini challenge for the most part. um I thought it was a cute fun kind of like but I like what you pack in and i like I like those type of things so it's that was that was fun and not just because of the eye candy but just because it's something that took a little bit of intelligence to 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 figure out what the words were. I also kind of liked the. Mini challenge, for lack of a better word, that was in Untucked. We're not really going to talk, I don't think, too much about Untucked to this episode, but where they watched the um, recordings, the the modulated voices of people saying shady things, other contestants, and they had to guess who the contestant was. Mm-hmm. That was that was kind of fun to watch that too, when they're all trying to figure people out. And I, <laughs> much like we have talked about before this season, one of the people was Magnolia Crawford, who I totally <laughs> forgot was on this season. <laughs> It's so funny you say that. I uh To
0: get my steps in today, I went to get a haircut. And the haircut's about a mile away from me. So mm-hmm. I walked there and walked back. And on the way, I listened to episode two
2: of the season. And I'm like, oh, Magnolia Crawford was on this season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're going to see her one more time at the reunion. And then she'll never be seen again. Oh, um, God. and Unless she's on All Stars 3. Oh, God, I hope not. Um The one thing that I didn't like, and this may be a controversial answer, Mm -hmm. I hated this episode. This whole episode was just not. This is probably my least favorite episode that we have looked at so far for this season. It just, it just, it just felt off. It felt off in many ways, with the exception Mm -hmm. of some of the runway stuff, which I liked that, but i just i just didn't like it i just i just the whole time even even babaloo who was very much in for season six was just kind of i i don't like this i'm i i I think the level of discomfort watching the interviews is just something while you enjoy a train wreck i don't so knowing this episode was coming up and some of the questions that are asked it just kind of was like ugh. i just i just felt like it felt like an uncomfortable sweater what about you
0: well, I want to address a couple of things. This was not one of my favorite episodes, but I think I still liked it better than Glamazon by Color Evolution, episode seven. I didn't like Glamazon by Color Evolution episode. I
2: seven. didn't necessarily like Glamazon, but the I liked Glamazon more than I liked this episode, and I like this more than I like Glamazon. Um. Okay. So one of the things I
0: did like were the awkward interviews. <laughs> of course,
2: you did. The more oh, of course awkward, you did
0: the better. And uh, like we'll cover them, so I don't yes. look. We'll cover them in detail. Just the awkward interviews that you're about to hear. Next, I like the runway challenge. I think we see some very creative stuff here. We see uh, Ben's fly look, which is very cool. Yes, and we see Courtney's bird look, which is really cool. And I feel there was another look that I'm missing that was actually pretty cool. Trinity,
2: Trinity is the oh yeah, whiz. Trinity's
0: look. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And which we'll address this because actually, you know, that feeds right into my next thing. Again, we'll probably talk about this a little bit, but. There was so much rigor in this episode, girl. Mm-mm. It should have been a versus Jocelyn. Trinity did not belong in that lip sync.
2: okay, okay, let, let I, I have thoughts. Let's save that for the lip sync, but, okay. I, but I that um, was what I didn't like. Yes, no I I yes, absolutely, absolutely. Okay, it, was, good.
0: it was so clear that it was like, well, we're, our time with you is done. Yes, Trinity. It's yes. time for you to go. No matter
2: what you do, and and, oh, you called
0: her Chad. Adios.
2: (laughs) The other one talked about an abortion for you know fifteen minutes, but that's Mm -hmm. but but that's fine. That's fine. But you know what? We we kind of need to give uh, Adora a kick in the ass. So how about if we just put her out there and scare the shit out of her? And then we're because we're gonna send Trinity home, but but you know Hannibal Lecter doesn't know that, so we're gonna make
0: her outfit was we'll get we'll get we'll get to. okay this. We'll get to okay. This. okay after laganza's elimination the girls enter the workroom still talking about the stunning events from the evening's elimination trinity confesses that she desperately wants to win a challenge while jocelyn worries that her head may be on the chopping block honestly i have to say as badly as i knew that i
4: did with this challenge i really didn't think i was gonna be in the bottom two i really thought that i felt kind of middle
1: Jocelyn's just kind of like coasting through the competition. She's like the Dita Ritz of this series, really.
5: Jocelyn is not as polished as some of the other queens in this competition at this point, so my guess is that Jocelyn's next to go.
0: The next day, Rube Paul entered the workroom to start the episode's mini-challenge. The challenge was very visual. It was Hung Man, a version of Hangman, using ten nearly naked men. The letters were on their asses, and the girls had to guess the word based on a clue from RuPaul. In the end, Ben Delacrem was the winner of the challenge. Immediately after that challenge, RuPaul announced this week's main challenge.
3: Now for this week's main challenge, you'll be hosting your very own talk show. It's time for the return of the RuPaul show. Now I've booked some extra special guests for you to interview. My pal Chaz Bono and his grandmother, Cher's mom, singer Georgia Holt. Oh
2: singer. I mean, is she was she really known as a singer? I okay. I, I have thoughts about several things that we just talked about, but Georgia Holt. The reaction of all of them that yeah. Georgia Holt was—you would have thought it was actually Cher going to come out. <laughs> I, I. Well, Courtney says
3: <laughs> I am one.
0: Away from and away that i am like well their voices are so high
2: <laughs> okay go ahead so uh, well in many ways she was pretty close to share have you ever heard any of this woman's music no i well, listen you know to what? it let's 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 do it let's okay cuz i listen audible. i listen to it on apple music don't mm-hmm. okay she, cuz she has the one album that apparently came out right before it must have been when they were recording mm-hmm. this, this episode Play the second song from the album Please uh, Is that like
3: I to hold you tight
2: Oh It sounds just like her, right? Mm-hmm.
3: I don't want to kiss you now I don't want to call you back but oh, wait, somehow. she
0: recorded when she was young?
2: No, it's, she said this from 30 I years ago.
0: Oh, like so it sounds like 30 years ago.
2: It sounds kind of like a not, not as strong share.
0: Yeah.
2: Oh, but do you think so, she's trying to sound like Cher? Or she just no. I think that's probably just that I because I, something that she recorded them and then didn't do anything with them. According to according to the multiple interviews, they just kind of sat in a garage someplace. So I don't think she was thinking she was going to be the Gypsy Rose Lee of share impersonators in the country world.
3: Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah,
2: she sounds a lot like her.
0: Oh my god! Yeah. Well, she it's so funny because she sounds like an old lady now. Like she's like,
3: huh, huh, huh. yeah.
2: Anyway, you mean
0: Georgia when she looks at the delivery. when
2: she looks at the camera, goes, "Oh," and she's like, "I felt so uncomfortable.
0: I'm just, I, I don't know about that." Well, wait, let's see how long the intro is here. Okay, wait, I Okay,
2: this is so Walker Texas Ranger. It, exactly. Okay, here we go. We have ten seconds. Here we go. <laughs> Hey,
0: everyone, good morning. We got one of the biggest hits, stars of the radio. You know Cher? Yeah. It's her mom.
1: Georgia
3: all right. Holt. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> okay, how
0: about this one? How about this one? All right. Uh, we're going to have Georgia Holt on after this, and we're going to ask her the question, <laughs> Cher's mom, that's been on all of your minds. <laughs> what do you think of abortion? I <laughs> you <laughs>
2: So, um, okay, okay so, so there's that. Mm-hmm. The, the, she's the Dita Ritz of this season. Oh, poor Deter Ritz. It's some, is some ways a good burn, but then I also think that's kind of offensive to Dieteritz. Ritz. Oh, kind of. Yeah, because at least with Dieter Ritz, we had that amazing Natalie Cole lip sync. Whenever yeah. I think of Dieter Ritz, that immediately goes to my head. But So that was that was a little like, ow, when she said that. Mm-hmm. Jocelyn, at this point, We've all had that friend. Mm-hmm. We've all had that person in our lives that when you see them, and I like Jocelyn. I've, I've, sure. I go on record as saying that I've, I've enjoyed watching Jocelyn. But mm-hmm. there's something about her that when you see her, you just kind of think to yourself, bless her heart. And that's kind of the way I am with Jocelyn at this point. Where she just has no clue.
0: Yeah, I've, I've been sort of regretting some of the things that I said before where I was like, oh, well, she does really well in the competition, but she is not so good at uh the runway she's still not good at the runway but now she's not good at the competitions yeah and she's sort of a mess you you are going like why why is she here yeah it is it is she is frightening like well we're going to get to the jocelyn part when we get to the table visit but like you have to sort of question her choices yeah (laughs) yes So yeah, so Jocelyn, and then what what was the topic of the last week with Jocelyn?
2: Oh, the the well the the mini challenge. So explain to me, yeah, Johnny Scruff. (gasps) Well, first of all, look if you're going
0: to call yourself Johnny Scruff, yes. And look, I'm not. It's going to sound like I am. Let me tell you this: I am very attracted to a sissy. Okay. <laughs> as I've Why, show, <laughs> okay as I discussed thank you As I discussed in this show like i my dream is to like fucking date uh either someone who's thinking about transitioning or a transgender girl ugh okay. ugh. ugh right <laughs> i they just drive me up the wall. I like I love them, okay, okay, but if you're gonna call yourself Bobby Butch. <laughs> then you better be fucking butch and if yeah. you're going to call yourself Johnny Scruff yeah you technically have the scruff in then, but like he would have a word he would he he would have a lisp on the word bob <laughs>
2: Oh, yeah, when he, when he says, when RuPaul says, are all of these boys on Scruff? And then he turns around, trying to be all butchered and see he goes, well, I guess you'll just have to find out. He's not. Like, pretty much throwing purses at RuPaul, yeah. like hitting RuPaul in the face. <laughs>
0: yeah, it was like Paul Lin is the founder of Scruff.
2: <laughs> I loved Paul Lin when I was a I kid. Love- that probably speaks volumes to why I am the way I am now. <sighs> no, but. I did. I used to
0: get so excited when he was on Bewitched. Mm-hmm.
2: Oh, Hollywood Squares, whenever he was on Hollywood Squares. And my mother thought he was the... Fu- my mother, I think, actually cultivated my gay sensibilities more than she probably realized. I mean, we, we were a big Paul Lind family. We liked Richard Simmons. We all thought Richard Simmons was a funny and amazing. Anything, like, you know, I would watch Donahue whenever, like, drag queens were on, and my mother would, like, you know, if it was on during the summer, my mom would watch that. And I, I just, Paul Lynde, hysterical. Rip Taylor. Rip Taylor is another oh, one for the seventies. I, I didn't know what
0: gay was, but I loved Paul Lynn. I mm-hmm. loved Wayland Flowers and Madam. Okay. Yes. And I didn't know that was gay. You know, no. I didn't know that was gay humor. I just loved it that she was a funny old lady puppet. Mm-hmm. You know? And uh I, you know she was a puppet, right? I knew she was a puppet. I didn't <laughs> know that. And uh I just loved it. And and uh, where I thought you were going with this story was, I remember I watched um, the movie um, Behind the Candelabra with my parents. Okay, And after the movie, my parents were like, can you believe that people thought Liberace was straight? Like, come on. And my mom's like, yeah, I don't know why anyone would think that. Mom. I know. And there are people who think the same thing about Barry Manilow. And like, Betty Manilow is not gay. <laughs> and I was like, uh, yeah, I think it's pretty open that he is. Like, he's never come out. He's never said he they did the same thing with me when I said that Jim Parsons was gay. <laughs> I'm like, listen to him. He's not gay. He's never said he's gay. <laughs> so my parents are the worst at spotting gay people. And I thought that's where you were going, that they didn't yeah. know Pauline
2: was gay. No, I think that was pretty much – it wasn't talked about. I, I remember one morning – it might have been like somebody was talking about Richard Simmons on the radio while we were having breakfast. And there was a comment made about gay. And I remember my sister saying, what is gay mean? And my mom saying, well, it's when two boys like each other the way a boy and a girl like each other. And I was little. I mean I was probably like seven or eight and I remember her saying that to me. <laughs> And me pretty much in my head going, where do I sign up for that?
0: (laughs) Oh, no, I I, I had an opposite experience. But let me ask you this, Taylor. What did you think of this week's main challenge? I didn't
2: like it. I didn't like it at all. I didn't like it because I have a feeling that – because the ones that didn't do well really didn't do well. And the ones that kind of rose to the top were just okay. Mm -hmm. Like when you think about it, when you go through the two – the two that were the best would be, I would say, Courtney and Ben, and they definitely edited it that way so that they looked to be where they were the best. Yeah, and I, I mean, even but bo- like both of them just didn't seem great. I was surprised. I think Courtney that, did better than Ben. I uh, yeah. I uh, oh, I guess yeah. No, I disagree with that. I think Ben did better than Courtney.
0: Well, we're going to find out ben when we cover it. Better. But let me but but uh, in terms
2: of the actual challenge, you like it as a challenge, I think if they had had the right people on, I think mm-hmm. it could have been. You you have two people there that, you know, Ch- Chad Bono was on and Chad just <laughs> seemed very si- Chad seemed very serious and the yeah. answers seemed very like like it seemed like they weren't having fun. I'm going to tell you something though. And
0: we might upset, I don't know, tell me if this is offensive to uh, transgender people. I don't mean to be offensive. Let me tell you, my, my heart is in the right place. I forget that he was a woman. I, it's not until someone brings it up. Like, to me, Chaz Bono is a cis man. okay. Does that make I, sense? I'm not even thinking, I'm not sitting there thinking. Let me rephrase that because I'm not sitting there thinking. Oh, he was born a man, but it's not until people bring up that he was a woman that I remember. Oh, he was a woman because
2: to me he is such. He's a man, and there's no and, doubt about it. Yeah, I mean, I think that that the transition went well for Chaz, and I think that you know sometimes you see people that are transgender that you can see the previous gender still kind of there, mm-hmm. whereas with Chaz, you don't necessarily see that. I And I am I'm, I'm happy for him. I'm happy yeah. for him. I do, however, remember that he was on, this is going back years ago, but he was a contestant on Celebrity Fit Club when mm-hmm. he was Chastity Bono, so Amazing. I still remember that with the bad 90s lesbian haircut. Like, I kind of, every once in a while, that flashes in my head, but, you know, the otherwise... Otherwise, I just see I just see him as Chaz.
0: In the workroom, RuPaul visited each girl to check in on her progress for the challenge. Adore Delano was nervous. Ben struggled to show her true self, and Jocelyn Fox, in particular, seemed oblivious to RuPaul's not so subtle thoughts on the direction of Jocelyn's talk show.
3: So
4: your big opening, have you worked on that? I have, I have. Please welcome someone who came out of Cher's vagina and the vagina Cher came out of.
3: I'm just a little worried about, you know, maybe talking about uh, Cher's vagina could possibly offend mother and son. But that's where the entertainment lies. Listen, we're down to just very few girls. And, you know, when the gumbo gets thinned out, it's, uh, it's a little tough. I like gumbo. So. <laughs> You've got your work cut out for you. Get back to it. Sounds good. All right.
0: <laughs> I didn't put a discussion point here, but let's discuss this right now. Okay.
2: Actually, can I, I want to discuss something in this that I was kind of hoping you grab a clip, but I didn't ask you to grab a clip. So, At one point when RuPaul is talking to Ben, and this goes back to the conversation we were having before, Ben says something along the lines of, well, I just tend to be an introverted person. And RuPaul immediately goes with, who are you afraid of? (laughs) Like, without, like, missing a beat, like, she was, like, waiting to pounce. Mm -hmm. And there's part of me that I'm like, how fucking dare you just assume because of whatever you've gone through in therapy that other people are dealing with the exact same thing? Ben just might be an introvert. There is nothing wrong with being an introvert. There's nothing wrong with enjoying being by yourself. So for, for Rue to jump at that, that was so new-agey psychobabble that it just pissed me off. So now, I just wanted to listen, throw that in there.
0: Do you listen to What's the Tea with RuPaul and Michelle Visage? No. Okay. If you listen on a regular basis, which I go in pockets. So I'll listen to, like, ten episodes at once, and then I won't listen to, like, three months, right? Mm-hmm. If you listen to any amount of it... You can, you can hear RuPaul's insecurity. She wears them on her sleeve. Like one of them is, and she's never said this outright, but you can tell, uh, about the quality of her acting and the ability to memorize lines. Okay. Because whenever they have an actor in that she respects their acting abilities, she will constantly ask him about the craft and how do they remember all those lines. Mm-hmm. And, like, how they do what they do. It's like she's obsessed with it. And I think it's because she's insecure about it herself. Yeah. And I think she wishes she was a good actress.
2: Well, and as we saw last week with the, I'm so proud. I'm so proud. She's not a good actress. No. Have you ever seen her in anything? She's not good. No. She's not very good at all.
0: Um, okay. Jocelyn what, what the, like to the, her reaction to RuPaul right here makes me think she's quote unquote
2: special <laughs> like she, she's the Johnny Rapid of season 6 is she, that what you're the thinking the Johnny Rapid of season 6
0: because she's Jocelyn Rapid because it's like Ru is dropping these hints yeah like well you know xyz I like gumbo
2: <laughs> and you're like bitch, she's basically telling you like don't do that. Actually, it sounds like that laugh at the end. She might as well just said, "Well, you might want to pack your stuff up before we get going." Yeah, is that all your stuff in the back? And she's just, you're doing the
0: mental math, like, mm, okay,
3: no,
0: no. um, yeah. And then there was that moment too in the episode where she was looking at the dresses she had to wear, and they were just disgusting. She has, yeah very, very poor taste in clothes, yeah. and there's something off. She's not, I didn't used to think this, but she's not all there.
2: Yeah. no, And, and, and the, the funniest comment of the night, ironically, for other reasons, was Trinity going, well, I'm safe this week, <laughs> when she was looking at the dresses in the back. Yeah, I, it, it just was not, she, she's, I think she's somebody that thinks with her heart instead of her head. That is kind of what I get from Jocelyn that she has a kind spirit, she has a kind soul. She just doesn't necessarily have the taste level or the intelligence level to go all the way. It's elimination day, and this week's Mirror Moment
0: raised the question, is Courtney Act a human being?
1: I know sometimes I can be too polished or a little bit stepfity. It's not like I'm not willing to be vulnerable, but generally speaking, I'm just happy or happier. Can't help it. <laughs> That's kind of how my brain works. Or I've, through a lot of meditation, I find that my life is very carefree. I have like a lot of passion and enjoyment. Taylor the latte Boy, any
0: thoughts on Courtney Act and whether or not she's a human being?
2: Well, I think clearly Courtney is a human being. And uh, I don't think there's anything wrong with being a happy person. So often, on this show, and especially with the mirror moments, it's always about the tragedy that has befallen the queen of the week and all the things that are going on. And it sounds like Courtney involves in a lot of self-care. She talked about meditation. She talked about having a positive outlook. You know, we've talked about the, the hog body comment from early on in the season where she said, so what if you have a hog body? Who cares? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, other than the stuff with – Jocelyn she really kind of is she she is kind of middle of the road and you know she but she seems okay with that she seems like she recognizes her strengths and chooses to folk chooses to focus on them than worrying about the stuff that doesn't go her way
0: it it's one of these things where I think Courtney is a complete human being with uh who's very mature and has a very a cute sense of herself.
2: Yeah, I would agree with that. I don't mean it's
0: cute. Yeah. But but that makes for a boring reality show contestant. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I kind of think about there always seemed to be on some of the earlier well, – back when I used to watch The Real World back in my 20s and stuff, there always seemed to be a couple of people in the house – that never really fought with anybody, and whenever they would ask them questions in confessionals, they always gave very mature answers, especially for being, like, 23, 24, and you realize by the end of the season you maybe only saw them three episodes of the entire... Into- like, they were they never focused on them. Yeah, like Pam from San Francisco. Yes, Pam, and then there was the, there was the black guy with the dreads that season,
0: too. Or oh, no, forgot, was that... I forgot he existed. But what about the, the cop that got married in the middle of real-world
2: season right? two in L.A.? Yeah. There was always ones like that. There was, um... I am trying to think Andre, Andre from the first season, the heavy yes. met the, the, the rocker guy. Mm-hmm. Uh I'm trying to Dominic
0: think se- in LA, I think was kind of
2: Ugh. Dominic no. just looked like he smelled. He
0: did, but but he, he he didn't really have any drama.
2: No, he didn't really have a whole lot but of drama. But he
0: was older too. Wasn't he like pushing 30 on that?
2: I think so. Yeah, he was well he looked it. If that's if not then. Yeah. But and I don't want to get into a segue on the real world, but but Courtney is kind of that if it wasn't for the fact I think that she is cute as a boy and that she is so pretty as a girl I think she would have fallen to the back a lot faster but she makes for pretty television not necessarily good television This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Alright, I gotta get something off my chest.
0: By the time I finish watching RuPaul's Drag Race two times, recording two different shows about it and spending my entire week around RuPaul's Drag Race. The last thing I want to do is listen to other podcasts about RuPaul's Drag Race. But people are constantly saying, do you listen to this podcast or that podcast? And I'll be honest with you, I don't. Because I barely have time to record the one that I do. And I this, this, this sits on me, on my chest. So I have to get it off my chest. Because I'm like, is this hindering my growth as a creator? So I'm glad I told you guys this, so you guys can stop recommending shows or asking me if I listen to Race Chaser or Sibling Rivalry. We all carry around different stressors, by the way, big, small, serious, silly. And when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest. Can you imagine if I went to therapy with this? And to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. I have benefited tremendously from therapy, tremendously. And it's a way for me to work out different problems that I've had, and I've shared those problems with you before. If you have stressors in your life, you need to talk them out. That's how you release the toxicity, is by talking it out, and therapy can help do that. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. When they designed it, they designed it to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you got to do is just fill out a brief questionnaire, and they'll match you with a licensed therapist. And by the way, if you don't like your therapist, you can just switch therapists at any time at no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Drag Race today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. Help dot com slash drag race. All right, moving on. Like the comedy challenge, we're gonna play each queen's talk show performance and break it down. Oh First, god, are we really? <laughs> yep. First up, Adore Delano.
5: This is such an honor. Like I'm freaking out right now. Just saying. Ah, my ring got caught into my fishnet. <laughs> let me see. Hmm. Ah okay well let me refer to my notes i'm still fresh sorry um so i read that you were performing at the age of seven were you like the big like childhood star of your like community no honey we were broken
3: it was during the depression
5: party my mom always pushes me, so like I was wondering, well, did you have like a stage daddy? Because I call my mom stage mama.
3: I don't know, explaining to you, we had no money, oh. and there was no food, so mm-hmm. I would go and sing, and people would give me nickels and dimes. Right. Oh, that's amazing, though. It was during the Depression.
0: Like, okay. Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. I'm gonna call Riga Morris on her interview because. The questions she's asking, George's answers don't line up with what the question Adores ask you once. Let's go back to the middle here.
2: Okay.
5: Are you like the big, like, childhood star
0: of your, like, community? No, honey, we were broken. It was during the Depression. What? How did that
2: an answer to the question? It didn't. It didn't. Well, I mean, it's clear with the whole, oh, I got caught. Let me get my cards. I'm fresh. Party. That's clearly from different pieces of the interview yeah. all put together. Beginning to make it seem more, especially with the doot, doot, doot. Do, 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 do music that it's just made to look her look even more floundering.
0: Yeah, because then li- listen to the next question. Listen to the answer. My mom always
5: pushes me and so stuff. Like I was wondering, well, did you have like a stage daddy? Because I call my mom stage mama.
3: I don't know how explaining to you. We had no money oh. and there was no food, so mm-hmm. I would go and sing, and people would give me nickels and dimes. Right.
0: What does it have to do with if she had a stage mom?
2: No, it didn't. And it, does she say I don't mind or I don't like telling you I grew up in the depression? Because they call my mom "stage mama."
3: I don't know how explaining to you. We had no money, oh. and there was no food. So,
2: yeah, it's it's just it's a weird.
3: Yeah, I, I wish it, I knew mean
0: what the original questions were. Yeah. Hmm. Okay, Adore
2: Delano. Horrible. It was horrible. Yeah, it was awful. It was. It was. Yeah. It, it was. It was just. Nobody wants to watch a, va- and I get that's the part she plays. I get that she is the party-go-party and all that kind of stuff. Nobody wants to watch somebody interviewing somebody in that manner. And had she stepped out of that a little bit and maybe bit acted more professionally, uh-huh. she would have gone a lot further. But I also wonder, I don't know that a can do that at this point, at this point in her career. If she, I... if she had the wherewithal at this point to actually recognize that acting that way wasn't going to get her Get her far. I think she's kind of stupid, and I'll tell you why. Again, I think she's a great television
0: personality. But remember, mm-hmm. she is suing uh, PEG, Producer Entertainment Group, for essentially ripping her off in the contract. Okay? I just thought today that she's canceling her tour because she's claiming the promoters took advantage of her in the contract. And I'm like, bitch, get a lawyer. Yeah. <laughs> part of me thinks that but i i don't think it's actually stupidity i think it's immaturity and yeah. she's pulling this like i didn't get my way or something's going wrong i think i i heard somewhere that her her tour isn't selling well or wasn't selling well so now we're going to it's their fault i'm yeah. going to just bomb this you know so uh Anyway, so it's come I think I, I don't think she knows how to act like an adult. It, it's, and now here she's 22, 23. Now she's like 27 or 28 and it's just not cute anymore. At a certain point, you need to act like an adult, right? And she's she's trying to do this like I'm cute. <laughs> you know, like almost like a child TV star who's trying to uh still go back to the what used to work for them when they were little. Yeah. And it, it and it and you can see the early signs of it in this interview where Georgia Holt and Chaz Bono want nothing to do with it. Right. It's not working on them. It's not going to work on anybody else. And so, all right, let's move on. Bianca Del Rio. In your original book, Family Outing, mm-hmm. you discussed how at 13
5: that uh, you felt different. Right. Could you elaborate on that?
1: Sure. As my hormones started to go, I had an attraction towards women. And so I naturally just made the assumption that I must be gay, and that must be what all these feelings are. Now, of course, in 1995, you
5: came out publicly. What was your father's thoughts?
1: He was comfortable, but, you know, the first person in the family that I talked to was my grandma. Really? And, uh, of course, she was amazing.
5: And then the magical experience, dancing with the stars. How was that? Was it uh, liberating to be in that moment? You know, learning the dances and dealing with all of it, it's pretty great. Thank you guys so, so very
0: much.
3: Shit.
2: <laughs> Thoughts on Bianca Del Rio, Taylor? Promising, but, you know, as they talk about in, in the runway, she, she didn't talk to the grandmother. She, I mean, and he gave her, like, he pretty much picked the grandmother up and put her in Bianca's lap with that one. The first person I came out to is my grandmother. And the fact that she, th- this was surprising. This was surprising to see her kind of flub like she did. Mm-hmm. Um, that she didn't ask Georgia any questions at all. I did. I didn't remember this going as badly as it did watching it the first time a couple of years ago.
0: Yeah. Uh, I I wonder what happened. I wonder if there was some sort of element where they they just get so little time and Chad and Chad Chad mm-hmm. and Chaz took up a lot of the time with her answer. And Bianca, what happened, what may have happened, I think Bianca's smarter than that, was just so in her head about what she was going to ask next that
2: she didn't think to follow up. She wasn't listening. Well, and that's the the one thing that I would say that kind of redeems her with this episode is during the runway panel and they talk with her about it, she says, it was a time management thing. I I realized suddenly that I ran out of time and I didn't get to ask the questions. And when they talk with her about it, she and that's one of the things that I like about Bianca is that she is willing to take notes and she is willing to. It's rare that she gets notes this season, but when she does get them, she she listens and she recognizes you're you're absolutely right that 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 is what happened. So uh, that way, she kind of redeemed herself at the end. But watching this, I was sort of like, oh god, talk about a real misstep for her.
0: Mm-hmm. All right, next up, Trinity K. Bonet. Oh, my God, I'm so excited, you know. Not nervous excited, but really excited. And I have a ton of questions for you guys. Um, Well, Chad, um, Chad, I know that you do a lot in the LGBT community. Okay, so, Chad, are you a foster or brief type of guy? Chad, if you had the opportunity to go out on, on a date with Megan Fox, Angelina Jolie, or... I need one more person. Um... (laughs) <laughs> well, thank you, Chad Lono and Georgia Hall.
2: Thoughts on Trinity K. Bonet, Taylor? Well, uh, unprepared comes to mind. Mm-hmm. Just as far as the not, you, you have a question where you're going to ask three different people and not have a third person. That's, that's not good. And also knowing the name of your guest would probably help, too.
0: But is it worse than Adore's and is it worth, worse than Jocelyn's?
2: Well, we haven't gotten to Jocelyn's yet. The answer to that is no, as far as Jocelyn goes. But as far as Adore goes, I would say Adore was worse.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: I would say Adore was worse, primarily because, and just from what we saw, because because Trinity at least seemed to have questions. Whereas Adore didn't. Adore just kind of was ooh, party. Oh, I'm caught. Da 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 da. Mm -hmm. And 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 like almost like where Adore, her question as far as the like the beginning with the stage mom and the were you the the child star, it's almost like she wanted an answer out of Georgia, so she kept just asking a question, a different variation on a question Mm -hmm. to try to get the story that she had in her head. Whereas at least with the questions that we saw with Trinity, Trinity seemed to have some questions they just weren't thought out all the way or they weren't they weren't planned the way they should be so i would say that a door as we've seen so far a door is the worst of the three all right moving
0: on
1: courtney act georgia obviously you've just uh released your first ever album recorded the album 30 years ago and then 30 years later you find these tapes that must be kind of cool sure
3: ask me Mom, what'd you do with those tapes? And I said, Honey, I think they're in the garage.
1: This must be a pretty well organized garage, like 30 <laughs> I mean I've got things from, you know, two years ago I don't know where they are. I save everything. It's not an episode of hoarders waiting to happen, I'm guessing. Or is it? No. No. I know that uh, you've just done the documentary Becoming Chaz. Mm-hmm. And what was the decision that made you want to go so public with such a personal thing? You know, there was a number of years where I knew I was transgender but was afraid to do anything about it. And so it was important for me to kind of give that back because I figured there's other people out there like me who are who stuck. That's so cool. Kate the
0: Thalate, what are your thoughts on Courtney Act?
2: I thought she was great. I thought that she she came to she was very personable. Mm-hmm. She was she seemed interested, she seemed well researched. She listened. She listened. You know, she, she made she made the joke. She she reminded me <laughs> she reminded me of a of a therapist. She reminded me of a therapist that is trying to make what you want to do is you want the person, the guest, or in my case, the client, to be as comfortable as possible. And the more comfortable you make them, the more they're willing to open up to you. And I think that Courtney did a very good job of trying to be personable, to trying to be kind, to listen, to crack jokes with them, you know, fr- friendly joke sort of thing, to help them to where they really wanted to talk about stuff that was going on in their lives. So I, th- I thought she did great.
0: The one advantage Courtney has over the other girls is she was a finalist on Australian Idol. Which means, I think she was like in the in the top two, right? She was like, I think she went very close to the end. I don't know what okay. her rank was. She's done a lot of interviews. These girls weren't famous yet. Okay, They've, but Adore had probably done a lot of interviews too. But Adore didn't make it. That I don't think Adore didn't make it to the live show. She, she did. No, I think she was in Hollywood. But I don't... No, no, not Hollywood. You know they have the one where you go... There's like the top 25 or something, and they whittle it down to the top 10 where you go to the live show? Yeah. Like the big one in the big studio? I don't think she made it to that like top 12.
2: Okay. Let me...
0: You can look it up. I think she she did the one where they were live in groups of like eight or something, and the audience votes who goes forward. Mm -hmm. But I don't think she made it uh, to the live show. While you look that up, we're going to listen to Miss Darian Lake. So, Chaz, are there any kind of traits that you would say that you really kind of pulled from your mother's share?
5: No. No? <laughs> um, right. Now, besides the drop in the IQ and remembering to put the seat down, has there been, like, hard things that you've had to, like, adjust to now being a man? No, not not really. <laughs> <laughs> Georgia. Are there anything about, like, the music today? Do you you consider, like, maybe doing a tour of
3: your album? (laughs) Not at 87. No? No.
5: Right. Um, And I have one more question for you, my dear. Are you pure Cherokee?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Taylor the Latte Doi. Taylor the Latte Doi. Wait, what? Taylor
2: the Latte (laughs)
0: Doi. Taylor of the Latte uh, Boy, any thoughts uh, on jo- uh, not Georgia Hole and Darien Lake? Horrible. Oh,
2: you uh, thought she was horrible? No, not horrible. I let me tell you, the the thing at the end where she does it's pure Cherokee is is not is not good, but I I it's very forgettable, very middle of the road.
0: I, I feel that she got more of a laugh on that than they showed. I feel that she did better than they showed. I feel that, again, Riga Morris.
2: Yeah. Riga Morris, girl. Uh, I can tell you that Adore was a semi-finalist.
0: Yeah. The finalists are Uh, the ones that go to the live show. You mean the tour? No. God, I was way too an American Idol. So there's the top 12. Those are the finalists. Then they get rid of like two or three. And then the top 10 are the ones that go on tour. But the finalists, I think there's the final 12. And I I think they go to like a top 30, I think there's a top 30, and they perform live in a smaller studio with a piano player. And there's like groups of like uh, five or six or something like that, or there's not that many, seven or eight, I don't know what it is, you know, and then they whittle it down to 12.
2: Okay. Then I I have no idea where he fell.
0: (laughs) The point is... Courtney's done a lot of interviews. Next, okay. with Darian with Lake, I feel there's rigamores. I feel she did better than they showed. I'm not saying she did great, but they did better than they showed. Like, okay, some of her makeup fell off. I mean, her makeup hurt. Some of her jewelry fell off.
2: All right, big deal. But is that – okay, so I guess what is the point then of making everybody look bad except for two people? Because you would think that it would be more interesting – if they had three that did well and four that didn't. Okay, let's
0: look at this. Adore clearly did bad. Um, she, yeah. She did clearly did poorly. I'm, I'm going to use correct English here. Mm-hmm. I think Bianca did fine. That was the worst they can make her look. Okay. okay. Trinity Bonet was not good. Okay. Courtney Act was good. mm mm-hmm. Darian Lake, I feel,
2: was fine.
0: But fine okay, doesn't so make for good than- TV.
2: So rather than good or bad, you've got good, really bad, and fine. Yeah. But they have to make the fine one seem
0: interesting, so it's easier to make them look bad.
2: I guess. Let's it's, see how, it's, I, just, I just hate this episode.
0: Yeah, let's see how Ben Delacreme did
5: well um georgia what is it like to have an album that you recorded 31 years ago
3: hitting the charts right now it feels fantastic i started in singing when i was six during the depression my goodness you're way too young to know anything about the depression well i've experienced other kinds of depression (laughs) but (laughs) very funny and now Chaz, you also have a recent
5: project independence day uh yeah we actually closed tonight have you gotten a chance to see Chaz's musical at all i haven't it's closing night
3: I i know it i know it
5: could you maybe hum us a few
3: Bars. Maybe Georgia
1: <laughs> would
0: just maybe she could get a sneak peek right now. Very funny. Thank you both Very so good. much. Good. Well done. Well done. Taylor the Latte Boy. Any thoughts on Ben
2: Creme? Personable. I think I think they were talking about you know showing her true self, and I think she did that. But she did that in a way that let the guests kind of share their stories, but also was able to kind of make herself part of the narrative. So she was she was good she she was she, she didn't she wasn't some of the horrible ones so
0: mm-hmm. uh, yeah I think she was fine I think she was good I think she was decent um, I still think I know you like Ben better than Courtney I think Courtney did better than Ben well ben, Courtney seemed more like a TV presenter you would see on television
2: yes and I listen listening to them again I I think I might want to change my answer I think Courtney maybe did do better than Ben yeah i don't know i don't know but, but but see courtney courtney was just kind of that interviewer whereas ben kind of made it and when i say this it's going to sound weird because she's interviewing somebody but ben kind of made it about a little bit about her too and showing who she was through her interviewing style whereas i don't know that courtney necessarily did that
0: but what was the challenge was the challenge to do there was the challenge to be polished
2: I think the challenge was at this point to show them who they are, show the judges who the, who the contestants are through interviewing other people. And I think if that would, because, especially because they've been talking about Ben needs to show who Ben is and Courtney can't be this Stepford wife. I think that in some ways they both did that. I think that part of the challenge, I think Ben did better than Courtney. They both did great. I just think that if if you're looking at it from that point, considering some of the discussions in the workroom, particularly the whole, well, I'm an introvert. Who are you afraid of sort of thing? Then I think that Ben kind of rose to the challenge more than Courtney did in that regards.
0: Well, I'm curious to hear how the last contestant does. Jocelyn Mm -hmm. Fox. Uh. Please welcome someone who has come out
4: twice since coming out of Cher, and someone who's came back 66 years after Cher came out of her. I'm so looking forward to getting to know you better, Georgia. I'm okay. a big fan of yours. Really? I love your CD. I'm Just here Yesterday. Will that end up on Cher's new album?
3: I don't know. She doesn't remember recording her part, okay. and
4: I don't remember recording my part. Okay, well, I don't remember what I have for breakfast today, so we're <laughs> even. <reason. laughs> Now, if it weren't for a last-minute decision at the abortion clinic, the world wouldn't have known Cher. Uh, are you pro-life? Has your stance changed at all throughout your lifetime? Uh, oh. I
3: think, I, I actually, I, don't, I really don't know how I feel.
4: <laughs> I feel some really good rapport between me, Chaz, and Georgia. Uh, it almost feels like I've known them all my life, and they have no problem opening up to me. Thank you both very much. I've got this one in the back. <laughs> that's all the time we have and i'm all out of duct tape keep it foxy
2: she's clueless yeah yeah she, she that's, can't that, that, that's people. not that's not a clip they could have pulled from earlier in the season no the whole oh we're the best of friends now we totally get that that's had to have been during that time and there is a there's a disconnect with reality that is how that was is she not that, picking up on that? Yeah.
0: Because that means she's not picking up the social. She's not picking up the, the cues, right? Right. What she didn't do with RuPaul when RuPaul was literally almost telling her, "Don't do that," mm-hmm. and then George. She, she's not smart enough. I don't think it's an Aspergery thing. I think she's not no, smart I enough. Don't think- <laughs> I don't think she's smart enough to read between the lines. Yeah, she takes things literally.
2: Yeah, yeah. And I, I, I have I have people that I used to work with that did not grasp the concept of sarcasm. Where and you've known me for a while. You know that I wear sarcasm like a badge of honor and uh Yeah. <laughs> and I would say things sometimes kind of sarcastically, and people would say, make comments that well, no, that's not what I meant. I'm like, oh my god, I'm being sarcastic. Oh. And he would just sort of look at them, and it was a, but then I realized, oh well, now I have a target in staff meetings that I can say sarcastic things to and get the big laugh from everybody else when they don't get the joke. So that's, which is you know, which is why I'm a therapist, playing with people's emotions for fun and sport. Well, now it's time for the <laughs> wait. What? Is, what? Okay. No, I was going to say, but well, we did kind of talk about your your feelings on uh, Jocelyn. It's horrible. Yeah. This this was horrible. Yeah.
0: It's bad. She should have been in the bottom, too. Oh, we're going to get there. We're going to get
2: there talking about it. All right. Well, now it's time for the looks. So, first up, we have Bianca Del Rio, who is wearing a cheetah print dress, which, until you brought up the fact that she wears the same silhouette, I never realized until right now. Um and uh, she has cheetah kind of paint, body paint on her, and a big black wig. Uh, I like this look. I like it. I think it's well put together, well executed. I would give this look a toot. What say you? I like that there's a different wig. I like the little
0: uh, mark she put on herself for the cheetah stuff. I'm going to give mm-hmm. it a toot. I think
2: it meets it, it the challenge, and it looks good. All right. Next up, we have Darian Lake, who decided her theme would be elephant, she mm-hmm. is wearing a gray dress, a gray floor length dress with a um with big sleeves that kind of make like ears. And she has large tusks for earrings. And it never occurred to me that the large scarf looking thing in the front the first time I watched this is kind of oh. supposed to look like a trunk. Yeah. And I'm assuming the hard nipples are supposed to be eyes. Oh, because that just seemed very uh, that that seemed for her vulgar. So that – I didn't quite understand the nipples, but now looking at the picture that we're looking at, it, it gives the illusion of an elephant, an elephant's eyes. Um, I – it's OK. I, we have talked to another drag queen on this show that wore an elephant outfit to the finale, and I think she did it better than this look. So I – And then
0: are those – are the sleeve things – are those her real
2: arms or they ears? <laughs> yes. The answer is yes. Um I give this look a toot with reservation. I, I I just, for no other reason, the big tusk earrings, I like that. But the dress itself is just not, it's it's not great, but it's not horrible either. I'm what about give it you?
0: T- I'm going to give it a toot. I think it meets the challenge. She you, you can tell she's doing an elephant.
2: It looks good. It looks good for her. And I think it looks great. I'm going to give it a toot. All right. Next up, we have Adore Delano, who had some explanation that made no sense when they were asking her what animal she was. She's in a uh, black cat suit, and she has on kind of a uh, B. Arthur as Maude <laughs> tunic thing that is a cheetah print, and she's wearing some big, stupid diamond face mask. And this look is horrible. It's a big mess. I give this look a boot.
0: Yeah, she says in the beginning of the show, the whole season, that she only brought, like, four dresses with her. This is clearly one of the outfits she brought, maybe meant for something else, and then she decided to just bullshit it. Yeah. And that this is an animal. Because it's... Yeah. This is awful. It's a boot. It just horrible. Yeah.
2: Next up, we... Oh, Jesus Christ. Next up, we have Jocelyn Fox, who is... I don't know what the fuck she's wearing. She's 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 got on this, like, silver jacket... Like 80s Don Johnson looking LeMay jacket that she has this big thick belt in the middle and this lacy bra and she has on feathers and she's just she has different like patterns. And it's just she said she was trying to be like the queen of all animals where she would rip off their skin and wear their skin. The the story didn't make any sense. The outfit doesn't make any sense. It speaks to the taste level. And I'm going to give this a (laughs) I'm going to give this a boot. Are you okay? Yeah, why? Because I happen to have my window that I'm looking at the pictures over your picture, over your your webcam picture, Mm -hmm. with the exception of one section. And you just leaned over and looked in that section like you couldn't (laughs) see me behind my window. I was scratching my leg. (laughs) But when you did that, all of a sudden, that's why I kind of giggled. I was taken aback like, what? But yeah, this, this look is horrible. Getting back to Jocelyn, I give this look a boot. It's
0: horrible for all the reasons you said. She's clearly like a door making up. Because we're getting t- close to the end of the challenges. They're running out yeah. of, like, outfits. You're they, they probably bullshitting it. And now she's like, oh, yeah, I'm queen of the animals. Yeah. And it's awful. Big, big. And then she rips off that skirt, right? And reveals, like, again.
2: <laughs> a like, meaty tuck, apparently. A meaty tuck. It, it's awful, awful, yeah. awful, awful. Big, giant boot. All right. So next we have Ben de la Creme, who is wearing a fly outfit, and I I like this look. It doesn't necessarily read drag as much as it reads, like, Comic-Con to me, or, like, Anime-Con or something, but, I mean, it meets the criteria of the challenge, and it is very much within her wheelhouse as far as it's kind of kooky and kitschy and, and fun, so I would give this look a toot.
0: Uh, I agree. It's very clever. It is more cosplay than it is uh, couture. But I think that's allowable. If I mean, it, it, like, Nina Bonina Brown did it, like, every week. And so, like, they're like, okay, come on. But, like, yeah. this is the one time Ben does it. Sure. I agree with it. And it looks great. And,
2: yeah, I give it a big two. It's very clever. All right. Next up, we have Trinity K. Bonet, who said she is a phoenix. And... Uh, she is wearing a lot of feathers. She kind of looks very carnival with her look, or Vegas showgirl. Um, it's a lot of browns and blacks and oranges, and and it's it's a beautiful look. And the sheer cat suit that she is wearing, or bodysuit. It looks damn good on her. Like, I know that she's, like, you know, she's kind of got the arms, the Angela Bassett arms. Mm -hmm. But it kind of, the shading that the bodysuit makes for her, it accentuates a lot of the, like, the sexier parts of the arm and leg. So I think she she looks great. One of the best looks that she had all season. And I give this look a toot.
0: Yeah, she looks fantastic. And you have to almost think, even though she went home this week, that... When she got into her outfit, what were the other queens thinking? Like, look how fierce and dramatic this is. is, This just speaks to how she shouldn't have been in the bottom two.
2: Dramatic is a great word to describe this look. For all the right reasons. For all the right reasons. So, And finally, we have Courtney Act. And Courtney is a bird. And she has that iconic moment where she kind of puts her arms down and extends the wings behind her. She is wearing a a form-fitting corset. And she's, I guess the color is sort of like a bluish silver, a silver blue that all of her is. um is. It's a great look. It's a, it's a great, great look. It definitely meets the criteria. It is feminine. It is beautiful. She kind of looks like a superhero to me in this. Yeah. Um, and I give this look a toot.
0: Big toot from Joe. It's probably one of my favorite looks in the entire run of the show. Yeah. I think it's fantastic. Big all giant right. toot big giant toot and that is the looks for the week yay on the judges panel extra special guest judge Paula Abdul seemed to recognize one of the contestants with an american idol history i'm hearing you converse i'm going i know this person season 7 of american idol yes american idol it's nice to see you
2: bullshit <laughs> yeah do you believe that for no one no fucking because second? with the hair the crazy hair and a fucking me- mask over a face, she remembers bullshit. That is such bullshit. Well, plus, from the way that she's kind of slurring her words, I'm surprised she remembers her own name, let alone yeah. Danny Noriega. She does this clap at the end that it kind of reminds me, remember there was that meme of Brendan Fraser at the Golden Globes like trying to do the weird clap snap laugh thing? No. Do you know what I'm talking about? No. It was like one of the last times that he was... Invited to the Golden Globes or something. You'll have to find it online. But he does this weird like, ha, like pointing at whoever's on the stage and he tries to clap and snap at the same time. And it's just this weird, awkward putting his hands together. And towards the end of the episode, she does that as well. And it just looks it looks horrible. She looks like she's—it's all she can to hold on to reality.
0: But what's funny is when you hear "Vibology" when they're playing it, you forget. I, it reminds you. Oh, she was a pop star. She was like a major pop star. She wasn't. Just she was a,
2: huge. She,
0: she wasn't just the crazy kooky woman from American Idol.
2: Yeah, no, she was. She was huge, and I love "Vibology." Is one of my favorite Paul Abdul songs of all time. Of all time. There's not that many of them. <laughs> oh, really? There's maybe three that are my all-time favorite Paul Abdul songs. What are your ta- is, What are your, What are those them. three? Um. Okay. I like Vibology. Mm-hmm. I like. Oh God, I, I like it so much. I can't remember the name. of it? It's the way that you love me. That's probably one of my favorites. And Straight Up is a great song. Straight Up is so. Straight Up, the way that you love me and Vibology are probably my three favorite Paul Abdul what songs. Which is the one with the cartoon cat? That's Opposites Attract. Which is one of my least favorite Paul Abdul songs. Oh, really? Yeah,
0: I remember was a kid having a crush on the cat. (laughs) (laughs) Of course you did. Yeah. Uh, All right. In the end, Adore Delano and Trinity K Bonet were pitted against each other in a lip sync battle for their lives. The song, Paul Abdul's Vibology. In the end, Trinity Bonet was asked to sachet away while Adore Delano lived
2: to see another day. Taylor, any final thoughts on the episode? Oh, we're going to talk about the lip sync. <laughs> we're going to talk about the lip sync because Adore Delano deserved to go home with that lip sync compared to Trinity Bonet. Tr- Trinity was definitely the peppermint of this season as far as the lip sync assassin mm-hmm. and the way she danced to that versus the, the weird dances that Adore was doing. If it had been truly a true competition that the best got to stay, Trinity should have stayed and Adore should have gone home. If you go back and watch that. It's it's clear. Because Adore is like... The song is a fun song, but it's like a sexy fun song. Mm-hmm. And Adore was just being like silly. Whereas I thought Trinity was being very sexy and very fun, and hitting all of the dance moves and flipping her hair the way that I would if I was up there lip-syncing to Vibeology, and I, I, when when they realized that because again, unfortunately, Babalu knows who's in the bottom four, and when it he kept saying, "Well, Jocelyn it's got to be Jocelyn, it's got to be Jocelyn," and when it went to Trinity, he was like, "No, no, no, no," because that means that she's going home. So it just was. I I call foul.
0: Oh, because I, Trinity's I, wearing a bird thing? That is such a corny pun.
2: <laughs> no, I didn't think of that, but you know, that's very punny of you. But yeah. I, I, I think that Adore should have I think Adore should have gone home. What do you think? Look,
0: ever since RuPaul told her that she was so proud of her and she cried in episode eight, Trinity cried. Yeah. Trinity was a dead woman walking. She was going home. She could have saved. She could have done the Heimlich maneuver on uh, Georgia Holt and saved her life. <laughs> and she was going home, right? Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, cause as we, as I was saying, saying earlier, it should have been a door versus Jocelyn. I agree because Jocelyn did. If, okay, if anything, it should be Jocelyn. Okay, if, no, Jocelyn was the worst one. She had a horrible look and a horrible, the worst interview and the worst
2: look. It, she should
0: it have should been have the have bottom been two.
2: J- Jocelyn versus Adore
1: because mm-hmm.
2: they, of the three, they did the worst. They should. I agree that it should have been, that should have been the f- bottom three. But Trinity should have been safe. And because, if nothing else, Trinity's look should have saved yes. her. Yes. Yes. It, 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 it's definitely probably the upset of the season. I, and I love Adore. Don't get me wrong. I can't imagine Trinity going much further. But, but right. this should have been a situation in which it, it should have been Adore versus Jocelyn. And and then maybe Jocelyn go home, mm-hmm. depending on how she would have done. But, yeah, just not. Because even no. if there was a tie in the lip sync, Right.
0: Mm-hmm. Trin- Trinity still has the win in the look. Yeah. And only f- the only way is if a door just crushed the lip sync. You're like, okay, well, it's time for Trinity to go home. Right? But no, Trinity did at least on par with a door. You're saying she did better, right? She had a yeah. good. She So th- that's two out of three. A door struck out. Three strikes. Bad interview, bad thing-
2: look, bad lip sync. Yeah, but the only thing I can think is that Trinity had. How many times has Trinity lip synced? So maybe that was just uh, other than. And this is if we're going on the f- numbers in front of us, not necessarily the well. We've used this bitch up as much as we're going to. Now we want to focus on a new bitch. Uh, I, I, it, it, it angered me. It angered me watching that because I kept thinking, okay, well she must screw up. And the fact that she did so good compared to a door, it made me genuinely mad to me you take the number of
0: lip syncs into account when all other things are equal now that's are you throwing shade right now no I'm laughing because (laughs) I said that and then you're
3: like oh
0: (laughs) I want that as my new ringtone when you call me you have a lot of ringtones Uh, right. any other final thoughts on the episode
2: No, I'm done. (laughs) I'm done talking about this.
0: Okay, well, that (coughs) concludes this week's episode of RuPaul's Drag Race Recap. Join us next week and every week as we dissect, discuss, and deconstruct each episode during this very special season of RuPaul's Drag Race Recap. So, for Taylor the Latte Boy and myself,
2: sashay away until next week.
0: RuPaul's Drag Race Recap is an Afterthought Media podcast. To learn more about Afterthought Media, visit afterthought.media. To support us on Patreon and to gain access to our other shows, please visit us at patreon.com slash dragracerecap. For a small monthly fee, you gain access to hours of bonus content weekly, frequent live shows, and access to our extensive back catalog. To contact the show, email us at dragrace at gmail.com. Follow the show on Instagram and Twitter at dragrace recap, and follow the show on Facebook at facebook.com slash dragrace recap. You can find Taylor the Latte Boy on his other podcast called Pod Is My Copilot, available at podismycopilot.com and everywhere you get your podcasts. You can also follow Taylor on Twitter at P-I-M-C Taylor and on Instagram at P-I-M-C Taylor. Joe Batanz is the host of many other podcasts and you can find those podcasts at Afterthought.media or at Patreon.com slash Drag Race Recap. You can follow Joe Batance on Twitter and Instagram at Joe Batanz, that's J-O-E-B-E-T-A-N-C-E. This episode was recorded in the summer or fall of 2017 and originally released on Patreon. Thank you to BetterHelp for sponsoring the show. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Drag Race today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Drag Race.